I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. What's up, Cuse Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Cuse Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. The universal handle for the socials is at Cuse Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the only Syracuse sports podcast giving you, the fans, a voice. So welcome. Uh, we are a little bit late. I uh, the We wanted to do a Bayheim's Army wrap uh, for each weekend. Obviously, they only made it through one weekend, but uh, I went on vacation. It was just bad timing. It was poor planning from my wife. I actually left for vacation the um, as soon as the the game as soon as Beheim's Army lost against Brotherly Love, uh, I was out. So yeah, and I brought all my stuff to do an episode, but man, I just didn't have the time. So anyway, we do want to hit up a little bit of that real quick. I did ask you for your feedback on that. So, I mean, it is, you know, you, y'all took the time to to give feedback. So I might as well go through a couple. We normally do the top 10. I don't want to drag this out. So we'll just do five real quick. Uh, quickly, Joe, uh, with the Bayheim's Army, I don't want to give too much lip service before we talk, right. before we talk um, you know, the fan feedback stuff. But, I mean, uh, they never really got it going. No, not the third game. Uh, three games in three days is tough, especially when you got some you know older legs out there and uh, some key injuries. I think not having Brandon Trish out there for the guard spot really kind of hurt. Uh, I thought there were some some guards out there that really it didn't seem to me like uh, Crawford and Gillen played too too well together, you know, off the ball and, and this and that. So it looked like Diebendorf had to be in there for kind of both, and Crawford played a majority of both the first two games. Um, so it was a lot of still mixing and matching and figuring it out. Uh, and it was pretty obvious against a scrappy team like Brotherly Love, who played really, really hard. They played uh, as a that, team, too. And, I mean, and they played as a team, and they played really, really great hard. Great ball movement. And, and, uh, yeah, and out-hustled us to the loose balls and got a lot of offense rebound, second-chance points. And um, that 2-3 zone, it was just, you got to be, I know that they all played it, they all went to Syracuse, but you kind of got to be in sync with the actual teammates on the the court as well so I don't know if they got enough playing time together to kind of deal with that and I think having somebody like a McCullough and a definitely a Trish in there to be able to break up a little bit of that guard monotony uh, would have been pretty good because Trish has been one of our our mainstays in this tournament so uh, it was an unfortunate ending to uh, you know a tournament that we look forward to every year because it kind of breaks up the summer monotony but 
Um, definitely would have liked to have seen them get to a second weekend, but there's some good teams. The teams are getting tougher and tougher. The prize, prize pool went up from $1 million to $2 million, so you see some some names you didn't see before kind of come out of the woodwork and yeah, the, the, uh, get the, some teams together and stuff. It's becoming quite a um, popular tournament, so, I mean, it's probably the competition is only going to get stiffer oh, and yeah. stiffer. Oh, yeah, I mean, they so. said they had a bunch of them with uh, DeMarcus... Cousins, right? Mm-hmm. De- De- or not? Yeah, he had a, a team, I think. Um, uh, Chris Paul, CP3, he had a team. So you have NBA players that are coming out and they're putting putting the money up and, and being uh, coaches to these teams and getting involved with that kind of stuff. And uh, I yeah. mean, even I saw it. And I think there was it was a run uh, DRC or something. The cornerback there uh, from the uh, NFL, Dominic Rogers Camardi, he had a team that he put the money up for it, got together. He even played on it. So, oh, really? uh, yeah. So, uh, you, you start to see this, it's starting to get a lot more popular. And again, raising that prize pool is only going to get, uh, better, better talent and, and better players out there. So, and, and it kind of makes you, you know, that just, it's like, this was, I felt like this was our, our, a great team. I thought that this could have been maybe a year we actually make a run and you know it's not going to get any easier next year. So, oh no, it's going to continually you know, get tougher and tougher. Ex- so exactly. So uh, at if not now when eighty four, uh, they were playing with fire the whole tournament. Playing from behind is never going to get it done. Hats off to brotherly love. They straight up out hustled us on every possession. Rebound margin was atrocious. Maybe next year. I don't know. Like I said, mm. I'm worried about next year. I'm worried about. I'm worried about. I'm worried about the competition getting just yeah. harder and harder and harder. So, I mean, we're talking well, about... Yeah, and again, too, for us, you know, there's the whole nostalgic, yeah, the Syracuse alumni and majority, and we try to get most of them Syracuse alumni and make it, you know, big for the fans and get some of these older players together. But not all these other teams are like that. And yeah, like we talk about the competition, they're, yeah. they're trying to stack their teams. They're right. not worried about getting. Now, albeit the Ohio State alumni team and the Marquette alumni team, they made the Final Four. Um, so they're still in the, t- the tournaments. But the other two teams, Overseas Elite and Team Hines, are, again, a couple teams and some stacked teams. Uh, they got a bunch of good players together, fringe NBA, good overseas players. And it looks like that's the way that this tournament's starting to steer toward. Uh, I think it's going to be more and more difficult to, for just alumni teams, filled teams, to be able to, to win this. Um, at Surlycuse showed why you can't play 2-3 against pros. Zone counts on opponents making mistakes and making uh, missing open shots. Pros don't do that as much. I mean, yeah, I don't know how long they took to get a game plan together. Added a couple players late. Um, one of them being Andrew White. I mean, you know, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but they didn't practice a lot together. So um, at turf underscore on underscore fire, just like Q's basketball, the zone is stale, de- is, is a stale defense that allows offensive rebounds and open looks. Q's football program is way more exciting than basketball. Wow. Mm. That's a flip of the script, ain't it? No. Well, we're not, it's not, not really basketball Syracuse team. basketball. This is just a random yeah. tournament, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, oh, how the tables have turned. I know, right? Jeez, brutal. Omar said, said that we played hero ball instead of team ball. There was no ball movement. Nothing you nothing you not going to win nothing playing hero ball. 
There's no punctuation there. But what right. he's saying is is there's a lot of one-on-one. It's a lot of what we – yeah. Right. Yeah, and again, was, as much as it was fun to see you know, as on ESPN, you see how filled you know, and it was with the fans and Bayheim and, and the team, Syracuse, the, their actual basketball team was there watching and cheering on and stuff. And again, very nostalgic. And it was fun to have something in the middle of the summer. But I really oh, never got the feeling in any of their games, the first two wins, that they were uh, going to be able to get it together to – to make a run at this tournament. You know, I mean, I thought they possibly could have won the first three, got out of the first weekend, but then there would have been a huge, there would have been a, there would have had to have been a big week of practice and possibly the return of uh, Brandon Trish to be able to, to move on after that first weekend. I mean, Chris McCullough's still playing over in the Philippines. He just got him. I think he had 35 points and 18 rebounds. Yeah. He make would, it, he would have never showed to make up. it to the championship of the yeah. Philippines. So they're yeah. still playing. So he would have never been, here to begin with but uh i just never saw i just never saw the the proof that they were going to be good enough better than some of these other teams i just didn't see it uh anthony says really tough ending had a blast being there live for it as many of you probably saw my big goofy ass all over espn but it seemed like the team never really clicked and got into a great flow wondering how different it might have been had trish and mccullough been able to play still it was an experience i'll cherish for years to come yeah there was a bunch of people i saw anthony i saw a bunch of people uh in this in this in the stands on espn there so uh really cool to see people you just know from like twitter or social media at the game i thought that was really cool so uh, yeah, and you know, it was a win for the city. It was a win for Syracuse, and it's just unfortunate that, you know, our, our team lost on the home court. And, right. you know, it just, you could see it coming. But anyway, um, so uh, the latest episode of La Familia came out, and it kind of, it featured a, a, a few a few uh, people. That's um, Trill Williams, and showed, showed yep. his cleat collection. Right, mm-hmm. <laughs> some random, some Pretty randomness sweet. there. Yeah, um, Josh Black, uh, he was in there uh, explaining how strong he is. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think he has to explain it. He's just gotta, <laughs> just gotta watch. I know. Uh, so, um, it was, you know, if you haven't checked it out, check it out. It wasn't as good as the first one for me. I, uh, I, I, I see. Thought, I mean, but you know what though? I look at it like the first one for a fa- from a fan's point of point of view. I can see. Uh, why they would enjoy it better but for like the younger kids and the recruits i feel like the second one was probably a little bit better uh sure, I, yeah, I guess a it's a balance of, right what's that it's a balance you got to play to you have to play oh, yes. to you got to play to all sides right. and again i mean we have a situation where i mean there's people out there that that like that stuff when you're an athlete and people that like fashion is they like to see you know, they like to have all different types of cleats and yeah, gloves like, yeah, and all the like, flash and all the, like, you know, look, yeah. the, the apparel, you know. Right, and so sure. yeah. uh, people get into that and players and young players get into that. And also um, at the end of this, after Josh Black, was, and I'm sure they had something about him because he's coming in replacing Chris Slayton. So they kind of want to calm the worries of the Syracuse fans and letting them know that there's a big old, big old boy waiting in the wings to, to replace him. But um, they had the whole uniform reveal at the end, too. Which again is, you know, panders we, to. We lived it already, though. Too well, we already lived it exactly. But it does pander to the recruits, and when they put it together in a video like that, then it does, you know, make it look yeah you know, a Dino, little bit more. Dino comes in and drops the duffel bag down. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, so they like have that. that, but that was like the first time that it was put together and something like that. Obviously, if you didn't <laughs> see the YouTube video, so um, again, just, just take the twelve just, minutes if you haven't. Just go watch them. I mean, yeah, they're worth twelve, thirteen. It's still, it's still, it's still good. It gives you some insight inside the uh, inside the locker room and and how some of these guys are, uh, you know, us off of the football field. But uh, again, I thought a lot of this episode was going towards. Uh, the, the recruits uh, more than anything this not a huge deal but I like these little things that come in to uh, fill gaps in news stories SE ranked ninth for prolonged success it's between basically what they did is they they, they took winning percentages for basketball and football and um, I was actually quite shocked that Syracuse was ninth so they don't take into account championships quality of opponents or victory margins Um but uh, the, the basketball success rate was 1,884 to 894, which is a success rate of 0.678. That's pretty good. And um, I think that that was seventh nationally. And then the football team was 47th nationally with a winning percentage of 0.568, 719 to 540. In forty-nine ties, so that was a corn. This is all from NCAA.com. They got nothing else to right. do, I guess. But still, pretty cool to see Syracuse up there in the top ten nationally for all of all of history. So, well, yeah. All Notre Dame took the cake uh, with the of number one slots. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, of course, all of history doesn't really, you know. Yeah, I know. Well, just, I mean, that doesn't. Really, I mean, it's it's a fun poll, but it doesn't really tell you what's going on in the current state. Of no, well, it doesn't athletics. include anything. It doesn't include a lot of things: the championships, right. quality of opponents. So, right. you know, for what it's worth, uh, the Italy trip is coming up. That's going to start on Monday, August 11th. So oh, we're boy, recording. It's coming up. Huh? Yeah, it's coming up quick. Now, if you don't already know, you can go to flowhoops.com. F L O hoops. Dot com and you can pay the twelve fifty for the month of August and you can watch the games. Now the games are on weird times, um, but you, I, I'm, you know it's a streaming thing, so obviously I'm sure you can go back through and and, and watch them. A uh, home team pub in Liverpool will also show all the games. Now I don't know exactly how they're going to do that because of the times. So the they open up against All Star Versailles. Versailles is that it? Okay, that is a one p.m. game. So you know you can see that one. There's a Oxygen Bassano, which is the fourteenth. That's a one p.m. game, and then uh, game three is Sienna Summer Team, uh, which is a six a.m. Game, so I don't know how they worked that, but uh, and, and then the the last one is uh, Virtus Roma, which is also a 1 p.m. game. So you know, I guess you just watch them on replay, on demand, or whatever, right? So no, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, because I don't see I don't see me being out of work for any of those, and um, you know, nope. six o'clock is 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 my start time. So anyway, right. <laughs> yep, uh, right there with you, bud. Yeah, the coaches poll came out and to, I wasn't too shocked but it was good to see us in there Clemson at number one obviously but uh, Syracuse at number 22 is the only other uh, conference member to make the to make the top 25 and I guess you start there Joe and that's important for especially for football going into right. these you know with the first three games the third one being uh, with, at Clemson at the Dome so. there's so many polls man 
there's so many polls that it's just I know that's a I big look one, at it like whether we start preseason ranked or not uh, we should if we win our two first games and we should be ranked going into that Clemson game so but these these type of coaches or these type of polls I actually like a little bit better than some of the other ones uh, because I respect uh, more of a coach's opinion then um that's what i'm saying i mean it's a, that's, sometimes the media yeah. or sometimes some of these writers and stuff like that a lot of that stuff they got a little bit of bias and not saying coaches can't but for the most part uh coaches they they know a little bit more about what's going on so i think dino babers has got a lot of um respect throughout the coaches um in, in the country and uh that's the one that I'm kind of going to trust more than them all. So I've been looking at us like we were somewhere between 20 and 25 anyway, but anybody who doesn't have us will be in there with others receiving votes. And as long as we, you know, do what we do, should do the first two weeks, then we'll be ranked for Clemson. So, yeah, but again, another fun poll to, you know, just look at. I mean, that's what the off season is, right? I mean, you just gotta, you know, we'd kind of fallen off a lot of these, polls we talked about that maybe episode right. or two ago so to see us back on one it is what it is but um oh yeah and they don't have the others receiving votes or who's 26th or 27th it's just a top 25 and if your team's not on there your name's not on there then you really you don't, don't know get where that recognition right, right? So exactly anything so, that's got us with a number next to it we had for me yeah we had <laughs> three um Three verbal commits since the last time we were on. But first, this portion of the show is first brought to us by SeatGeek. Let me take a second and tell you about SeatGeek. This is an app, if you don't already know. And what it does, it's going to scan the web for you. And it's going to look for the best deals on tickets to your favorite game, concert, or show. And then it'll rate them on a scale from 0 to 10. It'll let you know if you're getting the best bang for your buck. And not only will it rate them with numbers, but it'll rate them by colors. So, a green dot, that marks a great deal. A yellow dot, that marks a good deal. And a red dot, that's not so good of a deal. Now, if you have to bite on a red dot, I've got something for you. Use promo code ACAA at checkout and get 20 bucks off your first purchase. So, you can use that one time. What are you waiting for? That's promo code ACAA at checkout, no matter what kind of deal you're getting. Get 20 bucks off at first purchase. Seat Geek Life's an event, and we have the tickets. Also, want to tell you about the good folks over at MyBookie. If you don't know what online betting is all about, go ahead and research it and see if it's right for you. But if you already do know what it's about and you want to use it, go to MyBookie.ag. It's a new season. Antonio Brown is with my Raiders. Le'Veon Bell is with the Jets. Beckham. He said, see you, Giants. He's in Cleveland. Uh, the only thing that hasn't changed is where I'm putting my money when all these games happen. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period, hands down, this year. They're hosting the first online handicapping super contest okay say that 10 times fast first place is guaranteed to win at least a hundred thousand dollars and it only costs you a hundred dollars to enter all you got to do is pick five nfl games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool now i would only recommend a service that's been good to me so 
I've bet with them. Joe's bet with them. That's why I'm recommending MyBookie. You bet, you win, they pay. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for all you fancy guys and gals out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fancy points a player will score each game. So join now. And get up to $200 in free bets. Use promo code QS25 to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use that promo code. It is QS25 when creating your account to claim that bonus. Bet, win, get paid. Thank you, SeatGeek. Thank you, MyBookie. So we, while, while I was... On vacation, I was trying to monitor this uh, Bryce Gowdy supposed to <laughs> announce on Instagram at six, right? And I'm going six fifteen. I was texting you a little bit, Joe. I was going six thirty, and I got nothing. Six forty. We waited weeks for this. <laughs> I know. And so we, I was on Twitter. I was refreshing, man. I'm in like you know. We went to we were. I was in Orlando at Universal, and I'm like trying to be off the phone, so. Uh, I put the phone down, and Joe's like, well, I think we got him. Uh, I retweeted something, and so I had a pre-made, I had pre-made a little meme to just throw out there that if he committed. So I was like, okay, well, sweet. I threw it, I threw it out there. Well, I don't know what happened. I guess there was something about, in his video, he had a Syracuse hat. On his dash or something in the video. Uh, I don't know. Some, there some, was a little bit of... Ju- there was, was some just... confusion. Anyway, uh, we ripped it all down. He, <laughs> he chose Georgia Tech. But it is, yeah, it it is what it is. A little snafu. So, anyway, um, there were a couple other uh, 2020 verbals. Uh, ben Labros is a defensive back, class of 2020. Uh, he committed to Syracuse football after participating in an on-campus camp on Saturday. He did so via Twitter. He's 6'2", 200 pounds. He's from Montreal, Quebec, and he is currently unrated by the major recruiting services. Mostly, I mean, you know, he's from Canada, so probably not paying a whole lot of <laughs> attention to him. So, right. Um, well, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. That's exactly what it is, and you know, when you look at his tape again, uh, somebody that came into their camp and they saw firsthand and they say that he's really athletic. He's really fast. He's at, I mean, springy, he makes catches, uh, just very good as, um, ball skills. Um, so he's probably pretty raw when it comes to, um, competition and schemes and stuff like that. Uh, but again, being able to be in New York, I think Dino Babers, I think he's starting to like this, because football is only getting more popular in other countries as well, right? So right. being able to have this geographical advantage to where you can have these kids from Toronto and Montreal. And, and we're right there. Post- Syrac- I mean, you know. They're right there. And again, they're not going to be highly rated. And the same thing happens in basketball if they don't come to the United States and play at like a prep school or something. They're always kind of, I mean, O'Shea Brissett, perfect example. Uh, he was definitely under-recruited. He was better than what his star rating or ranking was, so to speak. And, um, again, I think that we're going to start seeing this uh, help us out with our recruiting. Um, they say that he's fast enough to be a corner, a safety, or he could possibly put up uh, bulk and muscle in a couple of years and possibly be a really, really speedy linebacker. So, uh, again, I think pretty good get, and he, he he'll be rated shortly. 
this is always happens. It just yeah. hasn't been any camps. Right. Like you said, played in Canada, so none of these scouting services have been out there. Now that he's committed to us, scouting services will they will make a point to to put him and rate him, and most likely he'll be a three star. So, yeah, I think that's fair after watching that's the tape. That's pretty much so, yeah, yeah. Where it's going to be um, tight end Steve Stephen Mahar. Uh, Rochester native, so getting the the local pipeline there. 6'5", 225 pounds. Uh, He was, uh, in addition to being offered by the Orange, Boston College, Indiana, Iowa State, and Rutgers. Um, He played actually defensive end and tight end in high school, but he was recruited for the offensive side of the ball. According to 247 Sports, he's a three-star, and he's the fifth best player in the state and the 33rd best player at his position. Yeah, there's tight ends a tough one when it comes to the star system. You, usually, you're not going to get a lot of five stars that kind of stuff. Um, but again, what I saw, I just saw an athletic freak. Like you said, he could play tight end or he could play defensive end. Uh, and it looks like right now we're recruiting him to try to get some sort of receiving advantage on the offensive end. Now, obviously, the tight ends are going to have to block. But um, I mean, he looks like. If he wanted to, he could even go out and maybe split out and do some jump balls when it comes to inside the red zone and stuff like that. Yeah, six, so five, right yeah. now, what's that? Yeah, yeah. So and again, too, this is huge because we have to t- see we have to take advantage of the geogra- geographical, you know, the people that were that are near us. So getting these guys coming in camp in the Northeast, uh, a lot of them they they get. Um, overlooked because of the competition and because of where they come from and to be able to put these camps together and have these guys come in um, and especially getting in-state guys sick and tired of all these other out-of-state schools coming in and stealing our guys and since Babers has gotten there he's gotten some starting to to get the in-state guys so getting number five in in the state and would you say number 30 33 as far as his position I mean Mm -hmm. I'll take that yeah um Chase Atkinson, another uh, defensive back. Uh, he's the 14th, and it wraps it up. Uh, that gets us caught up here. Atkinson was recruited as a cornerback, um, and he's listed at 5'11", 180 pounds. Um, you know, a little small, according to 247 Sports. But, hey, maybe he's got wheels, right? No, he's definitely got wheels. That's for sure. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, apparently he's up in the, the four fours is what they say. But, again, uh you say he's small, but I remember days when we were, you know, I mean, even Antoine Cordy, and I mean, I love the guy, six year, he was a Schaefer guy, he's 5'8", Davon yeah. Ellison, five. I mean, we used to get some of the smaller guys, so 5'11 really isn't awful, especially when you talk to corner, you can get away with that, but again, um, really good man-to-man defender, uh, he's got the speed to be able to make up uh, ground, to be able to, you know, make plays on the ball and the receiver, and Again, just just one of those guys where when you watch his tape, he just seems like he makes plays happen, whether it's the return game or it's just when he's around the ball, somehow something happens and he's got great ball skills. And you start to see these are the type of guys that Schaefer's trying to get at, at corner are these guys that they can man up and, and lock down, maybe some bump coverage um, to be able to play these different coverages and not have to rely on zone all the time. Uh, but again, this is just it's a guy that, I see, and it just fits, you know, seeing some of these defensive backs that we've gotten so far this year. I'm liking where we're going with that. And, again, they're athletes, so I'm sure they can play multiple positions. So, 
Yep. I like it. I loved I loved his tape too. Yeah, so. I agree. Uh all verbal commits are non-binding obviously for mm-hmm. this period until basically early signing day which is the December 18th through 20th or national signing day on February 5th. So all this can change, but it is right. It is. So camp started on August 2nd this past Friday and there's not a whole lot of stories coming out of there yet. Mostly there's there hasn't been any media uh, our B, B, coach hasn't done any media stuff yet. So, uh, what yeah. we do know is is that they had five walk-ons uh, join up. Running back Nikki Clifton, linebacker Ben Honus, and I believe Ben he was an um, All-American wrestler. So, uh, long snapper Joey Kelly, offensive lineman Josh Cuscoll, wide receiver Sam Warren. So, uh, for what it's worth, nice. uh, don't know a ton about them yet. But let's not forget. As Paul notes in inside the Loud House, it was a guy named Andre Schmidt was a walk-on. So never right. poo-poo the walk-on. So no, you get preferred walk-ons, and you also have to fill spots in walk-ons just for just practice and longevity and being able to put people out there against your first and second strings, just in case you get some injuries and stuff like that. They're more practice guys, but you like, again, with college, you never know. I mean, Baker Mayfield went and he walked down to Texas tech, then walked down to Oklahoma, then ended up being the number one pick in the draft. So, and he won a Heisman. So walk-ons is as much as it's not a high percentage that it happens again, you never know. And I mean, having certain guys that have played other, other, uh, Sports, too, could sometimes help, but the one that intrigues me here is the long snapper because, again, it's just one of those things where you never – if you can get some guy in, long snappers are few and far between. Uh, yeah. They really only got one job. Yeah. And if you have a really good long snapper like we did last year and, and again, with Matt Keller getting hurt, I think that Belinsky actually got a lot of playing time, and I thought he played well. So I know we have, you know, another solid long snapper this year. So – uh, maybe this is just uh, the next one in a line of, of great uh, long snappers. Yeah, well, we hope, right? So, no, we do, yeah. Uh, we are, we're going to do position breakdowns just like kind of like what we did last year, but um, we wanted to just do one easy one first because uh, it's going to be a few episodes and, and yeah. things are tightening up. So, Joe, did you want to start? At the bottom and work our way up, or you want to start at the top and work our way down? Uh, uh, it doesn't matter to me, man. Surprise me. Surprise right. me. Well, how about Drew Gunther? A preferred walk-on. We talked about that. Went to the same high school as Ryan Nassib. Uh, right. And he actually previously pledged to Virginia Tech. So, Which probably was still a preferred walk-on situation. Um, a lot of times what teams do is they will <clears throat> basically – use the preferred walk-on as like, hey, we don't got a scholarship for you, but if you come here, you prove yourself, then we have a scholarship opens up, then you're next in line. So usually, so they'll get the scholarship before a normal walk-on or somebody like that, if there is an open one. Um, so again, that's kind of like someone's back door into a program to try to earn their, their scholarship. Uh, <clears throat> but I have... I mean, if, if Virginia Tech is looking f- looking for somebody like that, then obviously this is a fringe guy that definitely has some talent. Uh, 6'2", is definitely going to have to put a little bit of weight on, but he is a freshman, and you know who is starting, or, you know, we got players. So um, he's not going to be asked to do anything that felt like this might have been just a, let's let's throw a shot in the dark and see what happens with the kid. So that's kind of how I'm feeling with him. But again, uh, 
I mean, as the number five quarterback on a roster, it's not awful to have, especially considering the depth of that position in the recent history. Yeah, we've obviously had our struggles for, I don't know, <laughs> 12 years. So, right. um, David Summers, I remember talking about David in spring of last year. He's going to join, and he actually committed to Maryland, and he, he transferred to Syracuse, or, well, committed to Syracuse after right. Chance and me transferred uh, from Syracuse. So, right. 6'2", 223 pounds. Yeah, and obviously, as you can see, the same height is Gunther, but he's got a little bit more weight, so probably a little bit more ready to see that action. But again, this is just one of those weird things that happens in recruiting where he he verbals to Maryland, and then Maryland's coach get fired, and then he doesn't know where he's going to go when we were looking at him before Maryland, but then we don't have a spot, and then Chance and me, he uh, transfers, and there's an open spot. So just sometimes things work out like that, and again, it's going to be a guy that um, comes in, it's going to red shirt, uh, and just kind of learn the system and, and try to see if he fits in and if he could possibly be uh, somebody that could help us out down the line in the future. Our backup backup is Rex Culpepper, 6'3", 200. <laughs> wait, 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 backup, backup. Our backup backup? <laughs> uh, 6'3", 222 pounds, uh, red shirt junior, Rex Culpepper. We all know Rex. We all followed him on his journey through his battle with cancer and um yeah so he's played a little bit you know uh scott schaefer recruit originally so right he's he's he is definitely um he's wild i mean yeah I know, he's a I character watching, man. he's definitely and that's but it's awesome I remember mean, what know, was it what's up Remember he was on Wits Up and he come in yep. doing a wheelie on the that was bike. one of my favorite ones <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah the mohawk and everything uh-huh. i mean yeah, just looking at his story. I mean, coming from a fa- you know a, f- a father that played, you know, football at Florida and then went to the NFL and then yeah, I mean, anybody who's a Survivor fan knows that both his mom and his dad were on Survivor and yeah, then right. he goes and he survives his battle with testicular cancer, comes back. Uh, just an overall great story and obviously um, everybody loves him. As a, as a person and as a guy in the locker room, uh, I cheer for him every single time. And I'm sure that if there's anything that he could do to get on the field to help the team, uh, Babers is going to allow him to do that. I think he's been in there before with special teams. And uh, I believe that they had him every, every once in a while kind of messing around at tight end. So I don't know if that's going to be an option as well, especially considering our depth at tight end this year. But I'll guarantee you if that guy can come in and help us, then he's going to come and he's going to help us. And just overall fan favorite, whether he plays a snap at quarterback or starts a game, in my opinion. You know, Redshirt Jr., and to be perfectly honest with you, I feel like I would be comfortable. I would be comfortable if he if we had to rely on him for a quarter or two for a little bit of backup action. And uh, Redshirt Sr., 6'5", 243 pounds. It's a bruiser. Um, Clayton Welch, he's going to be – he's listed as – is second on the depth chart right now behind DeVito. Um, known as a runner or passer, yet uh, has to throw a pass in the college game. Um, don't know a ton about uh, Clayton Welch, but... You know. No. There's... I mean, if you check... If you scour the internet, there are some, some you know, write-ups up there. Uh, he did go to in Butte College, the same college that... Uh, well. Right now, Lakeem Williams on our team has came from, but also same uh, college that Aaron Rodgers went to before he went to California. So, um, 
there's a couple um, articles out there on the interweb that can give you a little bit more insight if you want to to read into him, but we haven't really been able to see too much. But I look at 6'5", 243, athletic. Uh, this could be a guy that, again, um, might not be at, at the level that DeVito is with maybe arm strength or something. But, uh, again, this could definitely be somebody, redshirt senior, he's been in the system for, what, now two years at least. So mm-hmm. it could be somebody that I could, uh, again. You feel comfortable? Something Right. Like. I think, I, yeah, and I think where we're going towards with this whole thing is, is that I think we all kind of see the writing on the wall. And before we did, too, we knew that Dungey was the starter, but this is pre-DeVito. Anything after Dungey, pre-DeVito, we were scared, you know what. And yeah, now I think this is kind of telling to where now we know who it's going to be, but I don't think their fans are as scared if he goes down to see who can come up. And I think that just comes from believing in, in, in Babers. I mean, you look at Clayton Welch, you look at Rex Culpepper, we haven't seen them really put in any big time in any meaningful games. But again, I'm just that much more confident in the fact that they can come in and help us more than like, you know, the, the depth that we had pre DeVito after Dungey. So, right. To well, me, it's just telling, and, and and I hope that Clayton Welch can can get in there and, and get a little bit of time. Hopefully, we'll be. I mean, hopefully you know, we can get we. Hopefully, he can get some reps, and we we can pull ahead against some of these teams, and they can throw him out there and exactly get some get some reps and see what he can do. Maybe shake the nerves off a little bit. I mean, that's got to be tough, you know. So, um, and well, then, you're gonna have to at some point put either Culpepper or Welch in to to see who's gonna be able to actually do that. You know, I mean, I was gonna say the same exact thing with what you just said. And as far as like, you remember how many games DeVito came in and played last year? Yeah. He got in, he got into seven games last year. So yeah. uh, Really good. Two of two of them, obviously he he started one and he won two other meaningful ones. So, I mean, but you take the other three, the other four that he had entered, it was after we were winning big. So hopefully uh, we'll be able to see a little bit of that action, hopefully starting week one. But Uh, speaking of Tommy DeVito, speaking of Tommy D, uh, redshirt sophomore, 6'2", 212. We all know he's handpicked by Dino Babers, four-star recruit. And we also, we just touched on it, uh, the wins over Florida State and North Carolina. This is a much-anticipated, you know, kind of, you know, probably one of the more exciting aspects of this year's season to have uh, game plan finally revolve around Tommy DeVito and have him out there with his team and that you know he knows it's it's his team now there's no question and just um really excited everybody's really excited to see what he yeah. can do he gets his toes wet a little bit with Liberty okay but even Liberty's not going to be you know a pushover but then you got Merrill and then you got Clemson I mean right. it's it's going to be it's going to be a shaky start, man, to the yeah, beginning of the season. Yeah, you're kind of going right into the, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's last year's schedule, it would have been in like one of those gradually just increasing your way into the pool because it's exactly. cold. Yeah. And this time, What's better, this year, though? you're I mean, pretty much getting thrown in. You're getting thrown right in. Liberty <clears throat> Liberty's not a pushover team, I don't believe. I mean, we may go in there and blow them up. They may, who knows? No, but I think they're on they're their way. It- they're on their way up is what I'm saying. Yeah, and they're going to come out, and they're definitely going to come out and try to punch us in the mouth. And we, you know, we've talked about this in previous episodes, but I think, you know, with the new players and not really knowing what's going to happen, I think they're going to come out and try to surprise us, punch us in the mouth, and try to get us kind of questioning ourselves week one before we can even 
get any momentum in the season, you know. So it's going to be key to just get through that first quarter and just get all the jitters out and get back to just winning football and showing Liberty what's up. And that's probably what it should be. But again, sometimes you never know because it's a long, you know, as long as the other team's got more points than you and they're keeping pressure on you and you just you can't catch you can't catch a break, then sometimes those things can happen. And I mean, I would definitely wear on the side of just fans don't think that Tommy DeVito is just going to come in. And it's going to be all just sunshines and roses. Yeah, and you know, there's going to be there are going to be. Hitches in the road. He's going to make mistakes. Oh, he's... absolutely. I don't think there's a question about it. But, you know, you got someone that has gotten his feet wet, knows what to expect now, whereas, you know, the other the, the other two guys fighting for the second spot, we don't really know. We don't really know. Right. I mean, you might no. feel comfortable with uh, Clayton Welch or Rex Culpepper, but we don't really know. We kind of know what DeVito can do. And, right. And, yeah, that's not... I don't think Babers is looking at those guys for the future. I think he's looking at DeVito as the future and basically seeing where the where the backup's going to come just in case. Right. Right. Yep. So, so uh, those are your SU football quarterbacks. Yeah, it overall so, with the depth. It's. I mean, we've been uh, other than last year. I thought we were obviously the depth was really good, but we're above average of where we usually are as far as depth in this position so i I think we've only we we're only going up as far as depth i mean just a couple years ago the depth was just almost in most in most positions absolutely yeah Yeah. so yes and i think that there's going to be expectations for devito and again this has come down to that there's a lot of people who expect a lot out of tommy devito i know i know them personally (laughs) right but but when you expect things from players like me, I, I have expectations from players, but usually it's over a four year period. Sure, yeah. So or, everyone's yeah. got to understand that he's still got three years he's to got play. Three years, so then which is, I mean, you think about that, you know? Yeah, and exactly. You, you, just, it's scary. It's scary for, for the rest of the ACC. Oh well, yeah, that's what <laughs> so, I was talking about. Yeah. It's not scary for me. No, I know. I don't know but I mean, uh, it's just the anticipation. I don't have an expectation, but I I am way way anticipating watching Tommy DeVito take the reins of this team. I really am. As much as oh. I as much as I miss you know Dungey and how much fun that was, this is a whole nother ball game. Like yeah. literally, you know, this is oh yeah, this is gonna be a different kind of football. It's gonna be a different kind of play. This is gonna be something and, else. And that's the the thing is a lot of times like I a lot of times I look way far ahead. Most most people are like this season, this this and. I sit here and you question that, but I question, yes, I'm anticipating the takeover and what he can do this first year. But then I think about what is what two is more. this offense going to look like his senior year? Yeah, After with two the, more years of full just with only not the, knowing. The recruiting's only on the rise. And right. if depending on what his success is like, you've got, um, you know, it's going to only help recruiting, you know, depending, but. Uh, it's yeah. kind of pointing that way, so yeah. you know and people want to. You catch. need good quarterbacks. Oh yeah, so yeah. you know we were we were blessed with Dungey. Uh, he, he was obviously under recruited. We got him, and he obviously overexceeded people's expectations. But now we got a guy that's got expectations. He was a four star, and um, he's taking the reins as a redshirt sophomore. So. We've been in a great place for quarterbacks the last couple of years, and again, we just got to keep it going. So, 
Yeah. Let's cross our fingers on this one. Hope that we can just have solid backups and just, just get ready to go. Hopefully the offensive line can keep him upright. So yeah, well that's the big thing. So we've we've got uh, we've got a few more weeks before we really get into um, some serious getting ready for the orange. So we've got twenty seven days till game one, bro. Yeah, I know. We've got <laughs> we've got the uh, we've got uh, the we'll do the running backs and we'll do the receivers, tight ends, and I don't know exactly how we're going to format it, but we'll get it done. So expect some some episodes coming out soon, and uh, we'll try to get as much of that done as we can, and as, as long as um, as long as we can get it done, we'll get it done. But the other thing is the training camp stuff. What? How many sessions are there, Joe? It's like sixteen training camp sessions or something like that so oh god I'm... i can't remember there's a number but anyway that stuff will once that stuff trickles out we'll sprinkle that stuff in and oh, yeah. we'll get it all done so um that's it that's all we got uh sorry about the delay uh really joe and i were really trying to get that done and i was really disappointed and it's just it just wasn't going to happen so anyway oh. thank you to all of you Thank you f- to SeatGeek and my bookie. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Hey. Thanks for listening to the Q's Militia Podcast, the fan's voice with Sean and Joe. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts.